said. Amen. All right. Well, good afternoon. How's everyone doing? It's good to see you guys. Isn't it, are we thankful for our worship ministry? Are they awesome? Let's put this down here. Awesome. All right. Well, as we kind of are doing in this season, uh, we're just going to flow right into the word from, uh, from worship and then have some of our preliminaries at the end. So I guess they really won't be preliminaries anymore. Uh, and just in doing that, um, yeah, it's just a real beautiful presence of God. Um, I want to I start by talking to you about a couple of kingdom things that I'm excited about that we can kind of connect with and get involved with the church. The first, we already referenced it a little bit, but how many of you have seen Jesus Revolution already, the movie? Okay, not too many of us. Some of us have. I really want to encourage you uh, every once in a while, and I, I love just, you know, the kingdom of God impacting different spheres in our world, and, and I believe more and more of it's happening, but there's, there's films or movies that are made that I really feel like God's hand is on. And, and I think a lot of people with Jesus Revolution, uh, basically it's a story set in what was known as the Jesus Revolution, which was a, an awakening, a move of God in the late 60s, early 70s that really impacted, started in the hippie culture. They called it the Jesus Revolution. They called them the Jesus Freaks. And it was just an incredible move of God. If you talk with most, most people who are in their 60s and 70s who love Jesus now, they were touched in some way by the Jesus Revolution. Like I know my parents were, I know many others, and sometimes directly or offshoot, my parents were never hippies, but it's just this offshoot and this overflow of, of what it did. It literally, it literally shook the nation. It was front page of Time Magazine. There was all these things that happened with it. And so it's the story set in the Jesus Revolution. Uh, and, and I believe it's going to touch many, many lives. And I don't think it's by accident. I love how God sets these things up. But the movie was literally released right as the Asbury whole awakening started, which we were talking a bit about last week. So I really want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, number one, to be praying for this movie to touch many, many people. It's already outpaced all their predictions. I, I believe people are going to get saved because of this movie. I believe people are going to brought back to the relationship with God because of this. Number two, I want to encourage you to go see it. Sometimes we complain about, oh, there's all these movies with all this garbage in and everything else. Well, when a good one comes out, let's support it even with our attendance, our dollars, because it sends a message that these are kind of movies we want to see. And I want to encourage you, we actually have a social, we have a, a group from TCC that's going to go see it this afternoon, 320. So you can jump on that if you want to, 340, 340. And uh, you can get some more information about the afternoon. But I actually wanted to show you the trailer, just because sometimes I say it, and you kind of go, and, I, and I'm sure a bunch of you haven't even seen the trailer. So I want you to check out the trailer for Jesus Revolution, and uh, that'll be part one. Hey, Square. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? The mountain is high. How are you doing, Southern California? These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. They need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. His house has a very good vibe. There's an entire generation searching. Slow down, man, slow down. Just in all the wrong places. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm 
hospital does my job. We can only walk through doors open to us. In your church, that's a door that's shut. You've probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet. They need our help. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome. Now that door is open any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door works both ways. All right, Pastor, let's begin. I was almost done with this, but then you did what nobody else would even dare. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're gonna need a bigger church. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. So, let's pray and let's support it. I mean, even if you can't get out, just buy a ticket anyways, and it looks like you attended. Uh, seriously, it shows that they track dollars. They track what's spent on these things. So this is an amazing opportunity. You know, what I love about this, there's a lot, but the Jesus revolution, because so much when we talk about moves of God and awakenings, we're going to talk a little bit more. One of the major fruit of it is people coming to Jesus. It's people meeting with God. It's people's lives being transformed. So there's something else that I'm excited about that's kind of a kingdom thing that I want to invite you to if the Lord would spark in your heart. How many of you like to travel? Anybody like to travel? Got some, oh, we got some clapping. Okay, so some people really like to travel. I wasn't so big on traveling, then I married Pastor Sharon, and she loves to travel. So she, she, she sparked. I mean, she backpacked Europe. She did all these different things. I would go to church conferences. That's what I did. So, so God saw I needed help, and he brought her into my life. But there's this really cool organization that Pastor Sharon has actually had the opportunity to be part of called Empower 21. And it is, uh, the president's Dr. Billy Wilson. He's the president of Oral Roberts University. But it's literally networking churches and movements, spirit-empowered churches movement from around the world. Like, and I literally, you know, some people say, oh, around the world, international. I'm literally talking about every continent is seriously represented. And, and they have a vision to see every person meet Jesus or have an opportunity to hear the gospel by 2033. 2,000 years after Jesus was crucified. And so it's this incredible vision. Pastor Sharon has actually had the opportunity to serve within the youth wing of the movement, and she's been very involved in that. And in June, they are doing an uh, a international conference in Amsterdam. And they're literally bringing believers together from all around the world. And the focus is on how can we get the news of Jesus to every single person. And so... It's this cool opportunity because Amsterdam's just cool. Traveling's cool. Getting together with believers and brothers and sisters in Christ from all around the world is cool. I mean, it's just a great mix. And Pastor Sharon is speaking, so that's very cool too. And so uh, I'm not going to lie. I had, a, I had a proud husband moment because they put out their thing and you got, they did it alphabetically. And so you have like Rick Warren, Sharon Witten. I mean, it's like right there. And I'm just like, that's my wife right there. Not Rick, Sharon, but that's my wife, right? And so... It's really, really cool, and, uh, and, and so if you are interested, if something would spark in your heart, and you'd love to be there. We're going, we're taking our kids, but if you just would like to make that kind of investment, uh, there's, you can sign up online, and we will send you more information. Uh, we're not going to organize like a trip where we organize everything, but we'll kind of coordinate and figure out, 
And because some people might want to stay longer, some people, you know, different things about that. But it's a really cool opportunity. So, uh, do you want to say something about it? My wife's going to come say, and I want to show you a video. Do you want me to show the video first, or do you want to talk first? Okay, we'll show the video, and then she's got something to add about it. So, if you want to check out this video, go ahead, run that one, guys. In 2033, the world will celebrate the 2,000-year anniversary of Christ's crucifixion resurrection, and the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. We believe the decade leading up to 2033 will be a defining decade. He's not coming back for a weak church. A decade in which it is possible for every person on earth to hear the gospel. To all those who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives you power to become a child of God. Amsterdam 2023 is the starting point for this decade of unprecedented evangelism. We have hope in Christ. We have something to offer people. A new day, a new kingdom, a new world. Collaborate with believers from around the world about the Great Commission. Innovate new ways to reach more people with the gospel. Experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Inspire you to have a greater vision of God's heart for the world. One audacious goal. Take the news of Jesus to every person on earth. Reaching everyone requires everyone. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Not just every people group or every country, but every person on earth. A new era of evangelism is dawning. Will you join us? Register today at Amsterdam2023.com. So if that sparks your heart, sign up. We'll get some more information out to you. But my wife just wanted to comment something. Yeah, I just want to say something real quickly. Um, Why I'm super excited about this is because I've been working with a team um, that has particularly focused, I mean, my team is in Canada, but I've been working with a global team that has focused on the next generation around the world. And I don't know if many of you know the stats, but when we're looking at some of the biggest countries, um, the population that is at the highest level is their next gen. I think it's under, maybe what, under 25 um, the global south, when we look at the continent of Africa, when we look at Latin American countries, like it is literally our focal point um, for my cabinet um, in Canada, my global cabinet, is asking the Lord how we can see a generation of young people come to know Jesus. And the thing that I just want to say this um, just about this organization, the thing that I'm really excited about is that when I'm talking, you know, and I've mentioned this before, when I'm talking to my brothers and my sisters in India um, who are launching digital platforms to reach a generation, when I'm talking with a friend of mine, Gibson, um, I think who's in Kenya and what they're doing in Kenya and the transition of their church to them and there are thousands upon thousands of people, not just young people, um, we have a unique opportunity to to get together and to collaborate best practices and just to be 
really um, inspired into what God wants us to do to see everyone encounter the power, encounter God through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the cry um, of the organization, really to see people encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you want to join us in Amsterdam, I think it's going to be a wild adventure. It's going to be amazing. Some of the biggest um, evangelism movements like the send all those guys that do um fire and fragrance houses of prayer everybody you know daniel kalinda all these guys from all over um the world really are going to be gathering and it's it's fun because it is not it is multicultural uh when you look at the lineup you know and i've sat around the tables with some of these ones that are doing crazy amazing things for jesus across the earth um there's such a synergistic moment where it's like oh my goodness all things are possible with god if we can believe that god um can touch our world so i just wanted to say that to encourage you um that if you want to come to amsterdam i've i've actually never been to amsterdam been many places, but I've not been to Amsterdam. The final day, I think they're doing a massive evangelistic push into the city of, of Amsterdam. In fact, they've been praying and prayer walking with the locals um, on the ground, uh, with the Dutch for years now, crying out to God that the fruit of this meeting would reap something significant in Europe. And uh, the pastors, I mean, it's just like a whole global move of God. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you want to be a part of that, let us know. We can get you the information. Awesome. Praise God. All right. Well, let's, let's uh, like I said, some kingdom stuff we're excited about. Like I said, a couple of videos. Today's a me show you videos Sunday. But that's it. I have no more videos to show you guys. Um, uh, you know, so I don't forget at the end. Let me make sure I say this too. We are looking for a new team member, administrative coordinator here at Toronto City Church. Uh, several people have put applications in already, so thank you. Uh, but next Sunday will be the deadline for that. But uh, let's, let's shift into here. I want to continue. The, the series we're going to focus on this month is called Awakening. Everybody say Awakening. Uh, and really for me, it's, it's in many ways a continuation of what we talked about last week, where we talked about having faith for a move of God. Uh, this year is a year of faith. And I'm loving, I'm just listening to you guys talk and pray, and I'm loving how we're grabbing hold of this. So let's keep grabbing hold of this. I love that you're grabbing hold of this is a year of faith, and this is a year of faith for your life. Let's, let's keep grabbing hold of that. So it's a year of faith, and I think one of the big things we need to believe God for is for a fresh move of God. There's things that are stirring, things that are happening. I, uh, like I said, I don't think it's accident because the Holy Spirit always sets these things up. But in the middle of what's happening at Asbury and spreading in different places around North America and I'm sure in different places in the world, the Jesus Revolution movie comes out which shares the stories of what God's done before. Um, let's, let's stir our faith for God to move. Let's stir our faith for the new things that God wants to do. And, and I want to talk about just awakening. I want to talk about revival. I want to stir our hearts regarding outpouring this month. Let's go to Isaiah 64, 1 to 3. And it says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, and that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, and the mountains quaked at your presence. And I love this picture. It's so powerful. It's this prayer. It's this cry. Rend the heavens. Come down. Show who you are. Let the nations tremble at your presence. Do awesome things that we did not look for. I remember years ago, I was at a youth camp, and it's one of those most impacting seasons of my life, one of the most impacting messages I heard, but it was preached by a man named Steve Osmond. 
He was a pastor in Calgary, and they were having a move of God that kind of sparked in this young adult movement called Tehila. And it was in Calgary, and some of you might remember Tehila Toronto because it spread here. And there was Tehila Toronto where these young adults would gather on a Monday night for, for years. And we would gather in that. But I remember Steve Osmond came, and he preached about revival. And he said something that always stuck with me. He said, revival is simply this. He said, revival is when God shows up. Revival's when God shows up. And I always remember that stuck with me because it's interesting even now. I think a lot of people are talking about revival, awakening, outpouring. It's just because I think a lot of things that are happening, I think it's a God moment. And I think there's a holy desperation in many of our hearts because we look at the world around us and we know we need it. It's not an optional thing right now. We, we realize the way, the trajectory that things are going in the natural. We need God to move. We need God to step in. But it's interesting, too, because as soon as these things happen, and I think we can all maybe be guilty of it a little bit. Social media tends to amplify it. But it's amazing to me how many revival experts are out there. And we want to criticize and, and critique. And, you know, sometimes, and I've been there, I, I think there's a place for good theological, rigorous discussions about what kind of terms are we using, how we're doing. I'm not against all that. But when God's moving, it's probably not the best on time to go on social media and start talking about, well, this really isn't revival because revival needs to be this and this needs to be that and all these things. Guys, God's moving. I like what one of the professors, Asbury, said. He said, let's not worry about the title. They can figure that out in the future. Let's just lean into what God's doing. And so we can talk about revival. We'll talk about awakening. talk about outpouring. And, and there's different things that we can talk about those words mean. But really at the heart of it, it's God showing up. Now, let me talk to you a little bit more about that because this verse in Isaiah really speaks to that. Uh, God is omnipresent. We know theologically God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. You cannot go somewhere that God is not. So then the question sometimes people ask, so why are we asking God to come if God is already everywhere? Because we have to understand the difference between his omnipresence and his manifested presence. God's omnipresence is everywhere, but his manifested presence, he comes in power, he rends the heavens, he makes the nations tremble at his presence, he does awesome things that we did not look for when he is invited, when there's atmospheres that are created to welcome him. So when we talk about revival, awakening, outpouring, whatever phrase we use, what we're ultimately after is, God, we need you to show up. Come on, somebody say, God, we need you to show up. And that's what I want us to lean into in this month is that we continually, we've been experiencing a degree of God's manifested presence, but I believe there is so much more. Tell your neighbor there's more. Guys, there's so much more. There is so much more, and I want us to lean into and pray and believe. Be people of faith and saying, God, we are believing for awakening. We are believing for revival. We're believing for you to show up in a manifested way that transforms us and transforms lives. remember seeing a, a, little, a little Instagram post or something from Patricia King. I went back, I couldn't even find it, but she talked about three levels of revival. There's personal revival, where God's doing something in your heart. And then there's corporate revival, where God is doing something in a larger group, but that always starts with personal revival. You get people who are personally being revived and they come together, it creates a corporate Revival anointed, and the more people are touched by that. And then as you have corporate revival, it now begins to overflow and spread into communities and into regions. And all of a sudden, you start having regional revival. And that's what we're believing for. We're believing for God to touch a city. That's always been part of the vision, right? The heart of the vision of Toronto City Church. Right back to the start, 35 years ago. Pastor Paul had that vision of fires all over the city that then begin to spread to the nations. It's always been part of the heart. Um, but it starts with us, 
It starts personal. It starts with us praying, God, revive me. God, do a work in me. God, I want to meet with you in a fresh and a real way in this season. There's so much, if we look at this, there's so much about meeting with God. If you look at the Bible, and I won't take you through a bunch of different passages right now, but you look, you name so many Bible characters who did something great, who had a significant impact, who were used by God in a powerful way. All of them had meetings with God. Noah, meeting with God. Abraham, significant meetings with God. Isaac, wrestling with God. Jacob, I mean, we could go on. And we said, Jacob was wrestling. But we got all these wrestlings, the meeting with God. You go to Moses, the fiery bush, the burning bush, he met with God. Joshua, the young man who stayed in the tent of his presence. We see it over and over and over again that they were impacted by me with God. Furthermore, if we travel into church history, and you start looking at awakenings, moves of God, men and women who made significant impacts for God. You dig into their story, you're going to see faithfulness over a journey, but you're also going to see moments of meeting, moments of encounter, moments of meeting God. Uh, I really believe in this season that, that God wants to meet us in fresh and new ways. Can I personalize that a little bit more? In this season, God wants to meet you. God wants to meet you in some fresh and some real ways. And I want to encourage you. I want to stir your heart. I want us corporately to lean in together and say, God, we want to meet with you. We want you to show up. We want to be touched and impacted by you. And we're not going to create a box and say, this is the way it's going to look. We're just going to have a heart for you and a heart for your presence and a heart for you to meet with us. And then we'll leave the rest up to you. We can't make the fire fall, but we can build an altar. We can prepare the sacrifice. We can pray the prayer that then opens up and God releases the fire. But see, our part is to build the altar. God won't build the altar. God won't make the sacrifice. God won't pray the prayer. That's our part. God's the one who sends the fire. So I want to encourage you. And today, I just I want to encourage you in you meeting with God. Have you met with God? Have you been touched by God? God wants you to experience that even in fresh ways in the season. I don't think it's an accident. We have encounters coming up. Got a bunch of ladies. Guys, we want, I want to encourage you too. Let's get, get into the encounter. We're, we're the week after. But it's this amazing opportunity to meet with God. So I thought today, well, I, wanted, I was praying with Shrek. I, I actually just want to tell you a couple stories from my life of meetings with God that impacted me. And I think there's some lessons from, from them, and that's my journey. Your journey doesn't need to look like my journey, but my journey can inspire your journey. Uh, my first memory of a meeting with God, and I, I remember it very vaguely, is about five or six years old. And I grew up in an on-fire Christian household because pretty soon after I was born, my, born, my parents both kind of rededicated, met Jesus. It's kind of, they, they'd had some, my mom grew up in church but fell away. My dad never grew up in church, but he had some encounters with God. But he didn't really know a whole lot about it. You know, beyond that, they, soon after I was born, they met Jesus and they just dove right in. It was actually the tail end of the church they went to, different things they were involved in was the tail end of this Jesus revolution that was, uh, it moved in that. And so, so I grew up in an atmosphere where I had parents who were seeking God. I mean, they'll be the first ones to tell you they were by no means perfect, but they had this heart for God. And so I remember I was about five or six, and one night I had a dream. And in my dream, I was on this train. You know, you're five or six years old. Trains are very cool. Uh, and I was on this train with Jesus. 
And then I became aware in the dream that there was this wolf that was trying to kill me. And I remember being so afraid in the dream that this wolf was coming to kill me. And then the wolf came, but what happened was Jesus stepped in and the wolf killed Jesus instead. And I woke up just crying and sobbing and my parents came in and were like, are you okay? What happened? And, and I, I, obviously you're five or six, so there's a lot of them, but what I realized after the fact was that's when I really believe I, I believed and understood the gospel. It's just God showed it to me in a way I could understand. In this dream where I understood that there was something wicked out there, but Jesus stepped in and he died for me to protect me and to save me. And that marked me. You know, a, a couple things I want to encourage you that. Number one, you're never too young to meet with God. Uh, now, I was debating my first service. I mean, you could argue like when you're one, does it work? Whatever. But you know, John the Baptist was in the womb and he leaped when he came in contact with Jesus. And so you're never too young to meet with God. And I believe in this season, we need to believe for God to encounter our kids and encounter our young people. I mean, what happened after second service last week was so special, right? Just we were focusing on the next generation. But again, this is where faith comes in. Will we believe God that even in 2023 to impact and to meet that generation. I mean, just share a personal story again. I, I, I know my daughter at last year at youth convention. So at youth convention, she had a real powerful meeting with God. And I hadn't really heard the story until we're driving home. What was it, Friday night? Kind of through the snowstorm. And she's like, Dad, what's your testimony? And I'm like, uh, she's like, I want to hear your testimony. So I'm okay. So I start. She goes, that's not good. You're a preacher. Talk, say it, say it with some power. Say it with some life. I mean, she was calling me out on it. So I said, well, I want to hear your testimony. So she started telling me the story. Well, I mean, she had this meeting with God. And I won't tell it because it's her place to tell it when she chooses to tell it. But it was amazing that we believe for our kids. But I also want to say this. Not only are you never too young to meet with God, but you're never too old to meet with God. And what I mean by that is sometimes we can get further in our journey and we can kind of feel like, ah, I, I, you know, whatever. The ups and downs of our journey feel like maybe God's done with me. Maybe I, just, maybe I just need to kind of help the next generation. And even though you want to have a heart to help the next generation, I believe there's some Caleb's and some Joshua's in this place that even when you're 80, you still got mountains to conquer and take in Jesus' name. And that we have that heart that every age that we can meet with him. The second thing from this story that impacts me too is, can we, can we ask God to bring us back just to simple the joy of our salvation? Like we're saved. Jesus redeemed us. When you get that, when you understand that, it changes how you worship. It changes how you serve. It changes how you treat other people. It changes how you give. Because you're so thankful for the gospel. And sometimes people, oh, the gospel, yeah, okay, but let's get, no, no, let's just keep the gospel right in the center of everything. Let's ask God for fresh joy in our heart for our salvation. Uh, the last thing from this was I thought it was very interesting. God spoke to me through a dream. I really believe, and I believe for, there's, there's many of us in here, I God, believe God wants to speak to you through dreams and visions even in this season. That we believe for that. You know, sometimes we think these things are all like, well, it's just really kind of super spiritual and somewhat mystic and out there. Well, actually, it's pretty normal in the Bible. And I believe God just wants us, and again, now you don't have to manufacture it. I'm not saying you should demand a dream. or what. You ask God just to meet with you, but be open to whatever he wants to do. And I believe even this week, there's some of you listening to me that God would speak to you even through a dream. He would speak to you through a vision. He wants to meet with you if your heart is open. Come on, somebody say meet with God. 
tell you the second story. You know, stories, if you've heard me preach, you've heard these stories, but they're my stories, and it's part of my journey. I remember another time I was about 11 or 12 years old, and uh, my parents had found this camp that they'd send me to in the summer. It was a really good camp. A man named Garth Hunt, he was a real intercessor, man of prayer, and a real heart for young men. So he got together with some others and said, let's create a camp for, for boys between 11 and 14, I think it was, because this is like a really formative time. And we're, we're going to make it boys. They weren't trying to exclude girls so much, but as soon as you throw girls in the mix, boys are trying to impress the girls. Boys are, you know, like we, we kind of, the, the whatever comes in. So like, let's just keep it focused. And, and, and it was just some powerful times. So there was so much spiritually that was put into me during those times. But I always remember, because one of the things they talked to us about is doing devotions. And I remember one morning, and I'll always remember it, because it was kind of out in the country, I don't know, somewhere around Guelph, Kitchener, somewhere up that way. And I remember going out, sitting on a rock, down a hill, parking lot, basketball hoop, reading my Bible. And I read in my Bible, in Psalms, where it talks about how much God loves me. And all of a sudden, I flashed to this picture in my mind. In one level, it was a vision. It wasn't an open vision where I felt like it. But God speaks to you through pictures and visions. And I had this vision of my dad at my soccer games cheering for me. Now, let me give you a little bit of context. So my dad and mom both grew up playing sports. So they brought, sports was very much a part of our upbringing. So all four of us kids played sports. We played sports. We played very good. And so when we'd have, like, soccer games... Right? You know, most normal families come, they get their lawn chairs, they sit there and cheer. Not my dad. My dad would go to the far side of the field, and he would march up and down the field cheering us on all game long. Now, he's never one of those crazy fathers who was putting their kids down. He was actually just encouraging us. But he couldn't sit down. It was like he was almost in the game with us. So he'd be cheering us on. Come on, Brad. You got this. Yo, come on, Joel. Go. You know, it's so, so I got that. And then my mom used to get so nervous she'd go somewhere and pray in tongues. <laughs> so, so we were a little bit of a wonderfully spiritual dysfunctional family. Right, everybody else, their parents come and sit there in their lawn chairs. My dad's marching up and down the sidelines cheering us on, and my mom's praying in tongues somewhere. I mean, recently she went to Micah's basketball game because I was away and Mike had a playoff game. And she texts me, she's like, I'm so nervous, I'm praying in tongues. Like, you know, it just never, it never, it never stops. But I flashed to this picture of my dad cheering me on, and here's why it meant so much. I was never very good in those days of soccer. My brother was particularly good. My one sister, Aaliyah, she played with, like, national team-level players. If she'd continued, who knows where she could have. I wasn't very good. I, one year, I got a breakaway. I tripped over the ball, and I just lay there. And, and if you know my dad, my dad's like the competitor's competitor. So I, like, get knocked over. I just kind of fall down. And he goes, like, get up, Bren. Come on, Bren, get up. I mean, he just, he's like, sometimes I want to run on the field, just pick you up, you know. It was just like, so... So, I, I, so I'm sitting there, and I've got all this picture in my mind of him cheering for me, and I suddenly realized he wasn't cheering for me because I was good. He was cheering for me because I was his son, and he loved me. And all of a sudden, I jumped, and I suddenly realized that's how God feels about me. God doesn't love me because I'm good, and I do all these great spiritual things. He loves me because I'm his son, and even if I'm terrible at something, I have a terrible week, it doesn't change his love for me. And, 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 and it, But it just... It just, and I just started to cry. And I'm sitting there, I remember thinking, why am I crying? Like, I'm not sad, but it just impacted me so deeply. And, and I didn't have theological language for it at the time. I've come to understand over time, that's the experience of the Father's love. 
where God wants to pour his love out to you. He wants you to have a revelation of his love for you because that changes everything. God is love. We're made in his image, so we are love. And when love is not, it's broken inside of us, a lot of stuff starts to break, but when we encounter God's unconditional love, it heals and it transforms and it does something for us. So I was just there and I just had this meeting with God on the rock, looking down at the parking lot with my Bible. But I met with him. A couple thoughts from this encounter. First and foremost, I said, but the power of the love of God. God wants you to know how much he loves you. We look at something like the Jesus Revolution. Probably it was about, I mean, you kind of picture that. It's about the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God wants you to encounter his love. Secondly, I, I, I think this story is powerful too because Again, you know, the first try, I have this dream, and you have this vision, and sometimes we feel like it's going to be an angel's going to appear, and I'm going to feel all this stuff. And, well, this one, I was just reading my Bible on a rock. And, yeah, I did cry because God touched me. But I don't want us to lose the power of the still, small voice. Don't put God in a box on how he's going to meet with you. So often we miss meetings with God because we think it has to look a certain way. Instead of just saying, God, I'm hungry to meet with you, and I'm open to whatever you want to do. If you want to give me a dream, I'll take a dream. If you want me to have a vision, I'll have a vision. If you want me to have a powerful experience where I feel the power of God coursing through my body, I'll take it. But if it's also just me reading my Bible, it's a still small voice and a revelation in my heart that he loves me. I will take whatever it is. Let me tell you about one last story of meeting with God. Um, We'll jump now to when I was... 19, it's this, it was I, August 4th, 1997, because that's when I turned 19. I laughed in first service, I said, August 4th, 2007. And I kept talking, and Chris Lockhart's sitting on the front row, and he's looking, he starts shaking his head, and he goes, that's wrong, pastor, your dates are off. <laughs> so I laughed, I'm like, of course, Lockhart, fact checks me from the front row. <laughs> 97, it was 97. I'd finished high school, my focus all through high school, thankfully I'd gotten to be a better athlete by then. Uh, but my goal was to play college basketball. I wasn't that good. So basketball was done. And I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do now? Because I love God, but I just, I, that was a school and sports, and I was trying to go this direction. It wasn't working. So I ended up going to this big convention in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Believers Campaign, Kansas Gloria Copeland, they did this big thing in Fort Worth, Texas. And it was my first trip ever without my parents. So, you know, I'm 19, well, turning 19. I get on a plane, me and a buddy go down there. And I remember I get there and I walk into this arena and there's probably 10,000, 15,000 people there. And God was stirring something in my heart. But I remember I felt so small, so insignificant. I remember thinking, who am I to think that God could even, like, like am I just prideful to think, feel like God would want to do something with my life? And so I just felt like I've got to meet with God this week. So I thought, well, I'm going to fast because you're supposed to fast when you meet with God. Well, I'd never fasted a day before in my life. So I got the bright idea to take all my food money and go buy teaching tapes, because they had teaching tapes back then. So I'd have no choice but to fast. I mean, so this is your first trip ever, and on the first day, you sell all your food money, and you're like thousands of miles from your parents. Not the brightest move in the world, but I was hungry for God. Even in the worst case, my roommate bought all this candy, and he just put it all over the room. So I would have survived. I could have stolen his candy. But he knew I was fasting, too. I'm, I'm like, what, what are you thinking? But anyways, uh, so I'm, I'm fasting, and I'm seeking God. And, 
And the, the conference went like this. You'd have two morning sessions, lunch break, two afternoon sessions, evening break, evening session. Like, it was hardcore for like six days. And so I go to the morning sessions, and then everybody goes for lunch. So I'm trying to think, well, what am I going to do? Because I can't go eat lunch, and I'm hungry. So I always remember, I thought, well, I'll just stay here and pray. And they had, the way they set up their convention, they had a carpet and they had lines on the carpet. Have you guys have seen that sometimes? Because it's easy to do prayer lines. If you're going to do a prayer line, you tell everyone, just come stand on the line. So I remember I just would walk the lines and pray all lunch hour. That is why I'd go back to my seat, sit down, listen to more sessions. Then it'd be the evening session. They kick us out. You can't stay and pray. So I'd go back to my room. I'd have a shower. I'd lie in the bed. I'd think about how hungry I am. And then I'd go back to the service. And this is what I did all week long. And I always remember, because it was one of the night sessions, I think it was a little earlier in the week, I don't remember. It might have actually been on my birthday. I don't, I don't remember, the day before, the day after, somewhere in there. It's a little while ago, so the details get a little blurred. But I, I do remember it was Creflo Dollar was preaching, and he was preaching this message, and he preached, at one point, a great message, but somebody said, we need people who are going to teach people to do this word. And I remember in that moment, it was like kind of one of the very high kind of preach moments, but I remember I felt the presence of God come on me. And God said, that's what I've called you to do. And then I just felt like I was supposed to stand up, so I stood up. There's like 15,000 people there. I'm somewhere halfway back on the left side, so it wasn't that distracting. You know, here somebody stood up for half of the sermon. Everybody kind of going, hey, okay, what's, what's going on? But I just stood up. Nothing else, no, like no acknowledgement from him, nothing else. I just stood there. It was like my personal altar call, my personal response to God where I just said yes. Because he said, this is what I've called you to do with your life. Then I sat down at the end of the service, and the lady next to me prophesied over me for like 10 minutes. I have no idea what she said, because I, I couldn't record it. We didn't, have the, we didn't have like iPhones back then to record, and I, I, I didn't really get a notepad out. I really wish I knew what she said, because it would be very interesting, because what God said. But I, I went with God, and, and, and I went home different. I went home changed, because I met with God. I... Another bright move on my part. I broke my fast with a double cheeseburger and a milkshake and a bunch of fries. It was not a good scene. My stomach was like, you idiot, what are you doing? So I was, but you know, when you're 19, you can get away with that kind of stuff more than you can when you're 44. But I was changed because of a meeting with God. A couple thoughts for that. I was I was hungry. I mean, you know, I didn't know a lot, but when I got there, I was hungry, and I was saying, God, I want to meet with you. And I think God wants to bring us back to the power of hunger in this season. Are you hungry to meet with God? Or are you satisfied to come to service two or three times a month and get a nice word and go about your life? Or is there a hunger in your heart to meet with God? Because God is looking for hunger. I mean, I can imagine God, he's probably laughing, I mean, Jesus, come look at this. <laughs> See little Brendan down there? He's never fasted before. He just sold all his food money. <laughs> or he just bought teaching tapes, all his food money. He's like, oh, let's get him. <laughs> right? Like, like, like there's something I think that God, even when we don't know everything, we don't understand everything, when he looks and he says, man, that's, that's, look at my kid worshiping me. Look at my kid praying. Look at my child seeking me. Why, why would he not come meet with us when he sees that hunger? Uh, I'm also thoughtful, but I kind of laugh at myself. But I, I think we need to be radical in this season. 
I mean, it's pretty radical to go on a trip all by yourself, fast when you never fasted before, sell all your, you know, get rid of all your food money, walk the line and pray with no gain, go to services five times a day. I mean, that's not normal. But it's normal in the kingdom. It's normal when you're hungry for God. And I feel like for, for, for God's calling some of us to take some radical steps in our hunger for him in this season. Have you maybe gotten too professional in your Christianity right now? You know the right things to say. You know the right things to do. You know the right time to raise your hands. You know how to say amen. You know how to, all that. But, but maybe that's what's killing some of us. Because God's saying, I'm looking for hunger and I'm looking for passion. Um, I also feel like this season, just for me, that was a season of a real revelation. I mean, I, I didn't, at that point, I still didn't want to be a pastor. Uh, but I thought, okay, I'm going to teach and preach God's word. I, it took me a little while to get my head around pastoring. Uh, you know, but God worked. He continued to meet with me and work with me. I believe in this season, God wants to speak to so many of us, and he wants to refresh and sharpen and restore the call that's on your life. Right? It's meeting with God that you know you've got this fire in you for what God's asked of you. But see, that comes not from a Christian worldview. Even though Christian worldviews are good and important, it comes after meetings with God. There's fire on the altar. You encounter the fire on the altar. Like with Isaiah, he takes the coal, he touches your lips. And again, stories of meeting with God. And so, I want to encourage us in this, in this season. Will we have a heart to meet with God? Now, here's just a couple practical things to close. And I'll say this very quickly. I'm, I'm reticent to say, well, this is exactly how you do it because we always try and formulize and box things in. But, but here's some principles we can put into place. Number one, hunger. I've already talked to you about hunger. How hungry are you for God today? How hungry are you for the presence of God? It says in Matthew 5 or 6, Bless those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled or satisfied. Are we hungry? Number two, do we ask in faith? When's the last time you asked God? to meet with you, when you ask God to encounter you, when you ask God, God, I, I want something deeper, I want something more significant in my life, the worship team can come back with me here. That's part of this year of faith. I mean, come on, guys, we're going to have faith. Are we just going to ask for a new house, a new car, even though God wants to bless us with those things? There's natural things that we can use our faith for. But I think faith can be for a lot more than just that. What about a faith to meet with God? What about a faith for a move of God? What about faith for signs and wonders? Do you honestly, like, your natural needs, that's just the practice. That's the basics. That, God says, I got that. Just learn to believe me. But I'll teach you how to believe you for even bigger things. If you can obey me with your money, it says in Luke, I'll give you true riches. Right? This is training ground. This is just practice for what I really want you to learn to believe me for. So hunger, faith, and last but not least is a posture to receive. I mean, it's interesting because, again, I, I said to you earlier, we can't make the fire. We can't manufacture the fire. We can't manufacture God's manifested presence. But what we can do is we can put ourselves in a position to receive. We can build an altar. We can prepare a sacrifice. We can pray a prayer. And there's this element of posturing ourselves to receive. See, when you worship with a pure heart, what are you actually doing? You're posturing yourself to receive. 
when you open up your word and you get in the scriptures with faith that God wants to meet me even through his word, what are you doing? You're posturing yourself to receive. When you pray, you know, we got all church prayer, so we postponed it because of the snowstorm. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's pressure being a pastor because you got to make these decisions. And I said, we're postponing it. And then it wasn't snowing at first. <laughs> Even I walked in, one of our staff members is like, where's the snow, pastor? You know? I'm like, shut up. You know? It's just like, it's pressure, right? I canceled it. There's no snow. Everyone's like, this guy doesn't hear from God. Look at this. He cancels prayer. And there wasn't even a snowstorm. So snow started falling. There's a small part of me that's like, yes, okay. So <laughs> right, I, I'm playing around. But, you know, so I'll never remember that one year I canceled the church barbecue, and it was the most beautiful day after a morning shower. I was depressed all day long. <laughs> like the worst pastor, I canceled the church barbecue, and everyone's going to think I don't hear from God. And no, I'm just playing around. Uh, you posture yourself. Right? Like we posture ourselves. You get a prayer, you posture yourself to receive. You, you put yourself, and then you don't tell God how he's going to do it because that's his business. But sometimes we don't receive meetings with God because our, our daytimer is already full. And there's no space for him. Posturing means I'm creating space. So I really want to encourage us in this season this is not just about, oh, a message that's kind of a great altar call and whatever. Like, we want to have times with God, but this is like your every day. This is your, your daily life, what you're walking through, creating an atmosphere, a heart, creating a posture in our hearts where we say, I want to, I want to put myself, you know, like we said last week, I'm going to put a bullseye right over me and says, God, I'm here. I want to meet with you. God, I want you to touch my life. I want to, I want to be transformed. I need your presence. I'm, I'm not going to be satisfied with just going through the motions. It's like Moses would pray, where God said to him, there's a point where he said, you know, I'll send you into the promised land. I'll bless you. I'll give you the land I promised, but I just won't go with you. And Moses said, no, do not send us up from here without your presence. It's a good thing God didn't say that to a lot of the children of Israel, because I think a lot of them might have gone, great, thank you. Okay, we're going. But we have this heart for God. You'd rather be in the wilderness as long as you have God's presence than you would in the promised land without him. And ultimately, the presence will lead you into the promised land. But where's your heart? Is your heart for the promises or is your heart for his presence? And so, Father, we just pray today as we bring this to a close. God, and we pray that this will be a season of meetings with you. God, we pray for your manifested presence. God, we want to be people that meet with you. We want to be people who walk in that. And I'm not talking just about experience all the time because we're going to walk by faith and we're going to be people in the word. And we walk by faith and not by sight. But, but in the middle of that, we want to meet with you. We want our kids to meet with you. We want the next generation to meet with you. There's so many people out there that struggle to know if you're even real. But if we could just see them meet you and experience your love, it would transform their lives. And so, Father, we pray in Jesus' name for this place of encounter. If that's your heart today, if you're, if you're saying, God, I want to I have hunger, I want to have faith, and I want to posture myself for meeting with you, I want personal revival in my heart, I want you just to stand up and raise your hands to the Lord today as we bring this close. I'm going to pray for you. If that's your heart, and maybe one of those things really sticks out to you, maybe all of it does, but let's just raise our hands to the Lord today as we're bringing this to a close. And Father, I pray for every person that's standing today. 
Lord, I pray for the gift of hunger. I pray for a hunger and thirst for righteousness. And yeah, there's our part to do it, but God, there's something that you do in our hearts that sparks this hunger for you. And I pray for hunger. God, I pray for a spirit of faith that we will be people who believe you. God, not just for the natural things, even though that those are good things to believe for, but that you want us to believe you even for these big, amazing, and God, that you'll show up and you'll, you'll do things we didn't even expect. You'll do things we didn't even know you could do, but you're going to show up in awesome wonder and power. And Lord, I pray that you teach us to humbly posture ourselves to meet with you. God, help us to embrace humility. Help us to embrace open hearts for you. Come on, let's just take a few moments. Just you meet with God right now. And Lord, I just pray over every person this week. God, I pray there's some that are going to have dreams this week where you speak to them. God, there's going to be some that have visions this week where you meet with them. God, there's going to be some that's going to happen just through the word. They're going to be reading the word and something's going to come alive in their heart because you met with them through the word. God, I thank you. There's going to be some that just meet with you even in a place of prayer. God, some are just, it's going to be in a place of worship. We don't want to put it in a box of how it's going to happen. But I thank you for posture, hearts that are postured to meet with you. Hearts that are postured to receive from you. And I thank you for doing this in us, God. I pray for those who are tuning in online. Even now, God, there's some people watching. Even I pray in this moment you encounter them in a fresh way. Lord, but that this is not about a, a quick fix. This is of a lifestyle of saying, hey, we want to be postured to meet with God. And then in between, we're just going to be faithful and we're going to do what we need to do and walk it out and love Jesus and love people. But I thank you this is a season for meetings with you. Let's just take a moment or two longer here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. I want to be tried by fire, purified. You take whatever you desire Lord here's my life I want to be tried by fire purified you take whatever you desire Lord here's my life clean, clean my hands clean my hands
So, Father, we just thank you. In this season, in this time, I pray for meetings with you. God, everyone will look different because you meet each one of us in a personal way, but I thank you for meetings with you. I thank you for encounters in your presence. I thank you for our kids. I thank you for the next generation. I thank you but for every age, for every person, God, that these will be seasons of meeting with you, seasons of revival in our hearts, revival in our church, and revival in the community around us. In Jesus' name, everyone agree to me, said. Amen. If you want to take your seats really quick, I just want to invite Pastor Jair. He's got a couple closing comments for us, and then we're going to dismiss. Good afternoon, church. Wow. Okay, I'm going to give you one more try. Good afternoon, church. There you go. Yeah, it seems that the place was empty. I see lots of people, but I don't know if you guys are here or not. I know that most of you may be dreaming right now with that plate, with the chicken swimming among the vegetables, you know, the plate of rice. At least that will be me. Anyways. Um, how many of you guys felt encouraged, motivated, or maybe convicted by the message? Okay, good group, Pastor. Good group. No, I know. When people is quiet, it's because God is at work. Sometimes we just not there yet, but that's okay. Anyways, uh, we have switched things a little bit. Still, I were pastor to transition <laughs> because now is the time to welcome all our first-time guests. So if this is the first time that you are here with us, welcome to our home. Welcome to our house. This is Toronto City Church, and we are glad that you are here. Uh, and we would like to meet you uh, personally, uh, pray with you, and pray for you if that's the case. So if you want to join us here by the doors at the welcome desk, we have a small token of, uh, of our appreciation for uh, attendance today. And now, once again, we cannot leave this place without one of our favorite times on Sunday. And it's a time of giving. giving. How many of you guys know that giving is a privilege? It's an opportunity for us to honor God. It's not a requirement. It's an opportunity for us to honor God and to sow into what He's doing here in our local community, but also into what he's doing in the kingdom. Because how many of you guys know that God is moving all over the earth? So let's take this opportunity and all the ways for giving are here on the screen. And if you need help, just let us know and we will be glad to help you. Other than that, let's just pay attention to the screen for our weekly announcements. this Friday, amazing opportunity to let's press into this. And let's do it. Man, we got breakfast on Saturday, some brotherhood and some bacon. 
Someone messaged me this week and asked if there's turkey bacon. And I said, yes, we will have fake bacon if you need it. So um, we're going to have that. But uh, it's going to be a good time. And then let's just be praying for encounters. And guys, we want to encourage you. Ladies is full. But gentlemen, I want to encourage you. Come on encounter. Let's get this signed up. Let's get this moving. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this being seasons of meeting with you, encountering you. We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to dismiss, but I'm going to ask the team to do is They're just going to worship for a little bit more. And if you just want to take a little bit more time with the Lord today, feel free to do it. If you want to posture yourself for meeting with God, that's an amazing opportunity. Obviously, moms and dads, go get your kids. If you need to go today, be blessed. It's about posturing ourselves all throughout the week. But we love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Have an amazing Sunday.